I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. It's the Round Ball Rock Podcast, starring Dave Schilling, Contavious Caldwell Pope, Vinny the Microwave Johnson, Joey Devine, Bob Lanier, Dave Bing! Could he be any more of a Pistons all-time leader? Sean Keen! Mr. Big Shot, who didn't hit that many big shots, Chauncey Billups! Andre Drummond! Musical guest, the MC5! And now the host of Round Ball Rock, Joey Devine! Hi, me, it's me, your temporary host of Round Ball Rock, Joey Devine, and I've got to say, it is lit, fam. Yeah, it is. Um, lit. Sean, a couple of things before we get started on yeah. this, on this our midweek episode. Yes. Um, did you know you can follow us on Twitter? Wait, what? Yeah, at Round Rock Pod. Oh, Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, Pretty I follow. Simple. I think I follow that account. Uh, also, we're on Facebook. We are on Facebook. Like us on Facebook. Look, everybody's getting off Facebook. We're getting on Facebook because we are trying to appeal to Russian bots. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been talking with Julian Assange uh-huh. about... Uh, Getting a hold of some emails he got from Shaquille O'Neal. Oh, oh, wow. Um, so that guy's a cop. So that's <laughs> Freedom of Information Act, I think, right? Uh, also, guys, we haven't gotten any Facebook, re- I mean, any iTunes reviews in a while. Uh, five stars, please. 
If you haven't reviewed us on iTunes, review us on iTunes. Yeah, do us. Please. It helps, right? Uh, it it is it does it helps. I'm not sure how, but it does with advertisers and such. I believe. Yes. Um, um, and if you want to advertise on Round Ball Rock, you can DM us mm-hmm. or uh, email us mm-hmm. roundrockpod at gmail dot com. Uh, also, there's another thing you wanted to plug, right, Sean? Oh, there is another thing I wanted to plug. Uh, I am headlining the San Francisco Punchline on December 20th, uh, hosted by Joey Devine. It is a basketball-heavy show. Um, I believe all the performers, even the secret ones, have appeared on the Round Ball Rock podcast. I believe that is correct. Exciting. Um, I will be telling a story about going to Tim Hardaway basketball camp. Oh, yeah, which is fantastic. And um, look, I'll be honest. It will not be Kelly Dwyer doing stand-up because he lives in Indiana and is yeah. not going to fly to San Francisco for Christmas. We would gladly have him he, on. He's, but... he's welcome. He's invited. But he also has a family and a life. And maybe – I'm not sure that we can meet his uh, quote. And that guy's rider is insane. Like, only Steely Dan music before the show <laughs> – uh, only green M&M's. It's weird. He's a prima donna, I gotta say. Like, why does there have to be a fathead of Bill Cartwright in the green room every time he performs? I don't know. But anyway, uh, it's gonna be a great show. You can get tickets on the internet. Uh, if you live in the Bay Area, come out and see the show. Or fly to the Bay Area and see the show. What, what else are you doing five days before Christmas? Uh, Time to travel and support your favorite <laughs> podcast. <laughs> All right, Sean. That's it for plugs. No yep. more plugs. That's it. As uh, we said to Rick Barry, no more plugs. Well, that's that's a mean that's yeah. a mean joke. Don't make me make the robot play him yelling at the crowd again. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Sorry. Show hard. a little bit of class. This is a man that I've spent some time talking to. He is going to change this franchise. This is crazy. Um, let's go to the woke-off, shall we? Mm-hmm. Sean, big week for the woke-off. It's the week in woke. It's... <laughs> Well, we should have named it the Weekend Woke. Why didn't we? Well, it's. <laughs> I mean, there's still time now. The Weekend Woke. The Weekend Woke. Wokeness is not a competition, except when it is. No, it's the woke off. Okay. Uh, all right. So Greg Popovich, he a uh, consistent staple of the woke off. Mm-hmm. Um, Perennial he gave contender. Some quotes. Do you want to read some quotes, Sean? Yeah. Uh, so this is Coach Pop just responding to. He's been very vocal politically, but I guess people are reaching out to him, and he, as many people advocate, is starting a dialogue. He said, <laughs> I do read everything, and I try to respond. It takes time because there's a lot of letters, but the only ones I don't respond to are ones that are so courageous in their negativity that there's no address, just comments. Well, still throwing shade, even while he's reaching across the aisle. That's hard to respond to, but there are people who have responded and disagreed and say, why? And it's erudite and intelligible. And I'm like, yeah, you've got a point. Those people deserve to be written back. So I try. I probably won't get them all, but I try. 
Does this mean we should be writing to Greg Popovich? It absolutely means we should be writing to Greg. Greg Popovich will write back if you write him a letter. I mean, you have to leave. A... Apparently, some people are basically mailing him the equivalent of YouTube comments and not uh-huh. including a return address. Uh, but he does say that he he is becoming... He says it renews his feeling that something can be done because there are enough people willing to listen and feel in compromise. So good job, Pop. Uh, sure. A lot of people. Not enough to knock off Dave Fisdale, but. No, no. But you know good. what? He's, he's banking woke off wins for the post. You know what I mean? He's managing his minutes right now. Yeah. He knows sure. that the, the woke off is not a sprint. It's a lifestyle. <laughs> Uh, um, all, all, yeah. yeah, on the player side, though, Steph Curry wrote an article. That was pretty woke. Yeah. From Steph. Uh, it, interesting. It. I feel like there was more Veterans Day stuff than I can ever remember. And possibly that's due to this season starting a little earlier. But, mm-hmm. like, I just, it seemed like there were just a lot of troops this weekend. A lot of people in camouflage. Uh, I don't... No, I think they normally have Veterans Day, like, shooting shirts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess maybe I was just more aware of it. because I was. Yeah, thinking... you were more woke. Yeah, I'm thinking about the troops. <laughs> like I uh, do but yeah, every Steph day. Curry, I think that was um, the best political piece ever written for the Players Tribune. Oh, man. It is so like... Contra- congratulations to editor Danica Patrick over there. Yeah, I mean, great, great editing work by, um, I think, Sidney Crosby took a pass at it. <laughs> and then, of course, uh, you know, the, the polish... Great, great lead from Richard Sherman. Yeah, and, you know, obviously... None of this gets done without the supervision of Ryan Lochte, the uh, <laughs> swimeritus, editor swimeritus. His title. Uh, but yeah, Steph Curry wrote a great article about veterans and how we need to help them more and pretending that you care about the troops is really bad and how protesting athletes do more. So dope. That is true. Uh, I mean, a lot of the the in the NFL. Sorry to talk about the NFL. Uh, a couple of 49ers still knelt, even though pretty much the whole NBA NFL did not. But then uh, one of the kneeling players was talking to a bunch of active Air Force guys and giving them hugs and stuff. So it does seem like there's a lot more of a direct connection for a professional athlete to the troops than nearly anyone else in America. Yeah. Who's not a troop or troop adjacent? <laughs> um. All right. We. we well, have by a... the way, can I? Can I? I, I did want to add though that I would say that with this and Tim Duncan's article and Serge Ibaka was winging, the Players Tribune. It's like the turn that Teen Vogue took, where you just <laughs> thought it. You never thought it would have a lot of weight and be like, "Wow, this is one of the more progressive." publications in the country and yeah watch out mother jones the players <laughs> tribune is coming for you if they signed dave zirin to run the players tribune 
I don't I don't think that's completely impossible, right? It's completely impossible. But isn't he, Dave Zarin probably going to join a, like be a GM for an NBA 2K team? <laughs> that would be incredible. Oh, just facing <laughs> off with Leg Whitaker. That would be amazing. <laughs> well, you know that his director That's what happens of, to writers now, right? Yeah. After they leave, they you become, become a GM, GM of, of a video game video basketball game team. Not to make fun of Lang. That is so dope. No, it's we, really cool. Oh. It's just, it's just, it's so, it's amazing. It's a great opportunity, but you just never would have imagined that. Anyway, <laughs> I just wonder if, if Eton Thomas, I feel like he would be a good scout for those players. So he should be the editor. Oh, yeah. Get Eton Thomas in there. He's got a great writing <laughs> background. God, if the Players Tribune started featuring a lot of poetry, I mean, they've obviously. Yeah, they had Poet Laureate slash Mamba, Kobe Bryant involved. I would love <laughs> I would love to see the Players Tribute feature more verse. Um but that I wanna, is, yeah, I wanna cool. read fiction. Oh my god. If there were like short stories Yeah. Who do you think in the NBA is most likely I mean, I'm thinking like the kind of stories that Pete Campbell submitted to Boys Life magazine in Mad Men. Like, like, who's the Ken Cosgrove of the NBA? Like, Maybe. who writes like fake Jack London? Yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I'm thinking. Like, <laughs> and I don't, I don't know if that's just a different era, and if like the, like the the equivalent of the Jack London article now is like, maybe like a Chuck. Uh, I don't know how to say his last name. Palahniuk. 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 So um. it's such an idiot. Uh, yeah, like 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 real like macho. I don't know. Um I mean, my initial reaction was I bet Spencer Hawes writes like wildlife fiction. Oh, that's totally true. And I could see him someday. I don't think he's as much on the, you know, Jason Elam tip, the former kicker for the Broncos who wrote uh like knockoff Tom Clancy stuff, basically, <laughs> <laughs> but that was like super right wing too. Uh, no, Spencer Hawes, I could imagine it's like his version of Hatchet, but like, yeah. What if the guy like, had a hatchet, but he was six eleven and surprisingly mobile? But also, there's like terrorists on the island. Yeah, there's terrorists on the island, and <laughs> spent they they expect that Spencer Hawes can only. It's like American close-up. Assassin meets. Uh, it's like American Assassin meets a uh, hatchet. Yeah, yeah. Um, I could really. I, I, I bet. Oh, go, go ahead. Go, no, you go ahead. I bet Kendall Marshall writes like, uh, like meta sci-fi. Oh, oh, what, like like really meta sci-fi. So it's like, like they're aware that they're in a sci-fi situation. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I could see that, yeah. Well, and the problem is that uh, he has, like, great distribution set up, but he just can't finish the novels. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. uh, if anyone has any fiction by any basketball players out there, email it to us, and we will read it on the air. Yeah, We will I, release an entire episode. <laughs> I am wondering, I feel like he might be too dedicated to basketball, but I bet Harrison Barnes would be a pretty decent short story writer. 
I Although don't think he, he might... has the imagination. Yeah, he would he's be like practical. He would be like a fan fiction guy. But he's he's like into comedy and like Game of Thrones, and uh, he's a smart guy. He's from Iowa, home of the Writers Workshop. You know <laughs> where Hannah Horvath went. All right, do you want to get to our woke-off leader this Our woke-off leader, a new leader in the woke-off. Uh, it is a man who, is, who has been a, a real woke-off contender, but much like his team, rocketing to the top of the standings. Stan Van Gundy. He wrote a op-ed for Time magazine called Athletes Who po- Protest Are Patriots. Extensively researched. Extensively researched. Like sources, books, uh, studies... It's amazing. I'm going to read you the beginning of this. Um, I do not claim to be an expert on race in America, but in addition to working to be an informed citizen and learning about the issues that derive from race, I have been coaching for about 20 years in the NBA, a league that is 75% black. I've been in a unique position to hear from players and staff members about the issues they and their families have, have had to encounter. In a time where bigotry seems on the rise and commitment to racial equality on the decline, I have an obligation as a citizen to speak out and support in any way possible those brave and patriotic athletes who are working to bring change to our country. I believe all of us do. Uh, it It's it's like a very detailed thing. Uh, he is very aware of white privilege. He seems legitimately interested in the experience of his players. Um... He brought a scholar named Dr. Michael Eric Dyson, who wrote a book called Tears We Cannot Wait, Stop. Wait, isn't Michael Eric Dyson, isn't that who the Predator kills? Oh, you're right, you're right. Yeah. In T2 Judgment Day. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I'm a moron. Keep going. No, it is. It, well, that's it's his brother, and he, he was a sociologist. He did not work for Skynet. <laughs> Uh, so the Terminator, stay away from Doctor Michael Eric Dyson. Who? Like wait, maybe so there's like 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 which Arnold coach Sch- would be most likely to get Miles Dyson to come talk about the Terminator to their team? Oh, um, Vivek. It feels like Vivek. Well, yeah, I guess they have to deal with the robots in the. He he's assuring them that the garbage robots will not turn against their masters when. Much like Skynet, they will. They will eventually take over the Golden One Center. Um, yeah, the if if there was a Terminator trying to kill Michael Eric Dyson, that would be like Arnold Schwarzenegger's father. Mm-hmm. You know, like Nazi sympathizer <laughs> father. We let him be governor. What happened? Okay. Um, so, yeah, so he... I would say that Stan Van Gundy built a fucking bibliography here. He has sources. um, And the thing that's very interesting to me is you hear a lot about how, you know, what are athletes doing by protesting? He talks about this players coalition that has very uh, concrete things to say about mass incarceration and police brutality. Yeah. Uh, It's wild. Yeah, it's it's weird because you see, I mean, he talks about mandatory minimum sentencing, the rise in the prison population, but just simple things that I feel like awareness is going up on them and they're really important, but it's not 
I feel like people still don't understand how uh, how difficult bail requirements are. Yeah, for people who get arrested, and how uh, super racist they are in practice. And I don't know. I worked at a nonprofit law firm for a long time in San Francisco. All my all my indigent incarcerated listeners, I still remember you. Um, but yeah, like even in California, the you know there are there are counties that don't where every case gets plea bargained, and like just a bunch of guilty pleas. Most of the judges are white. Most of the judges are male. Like, it just doesn't... The The population of America is not represented very well by the people who are uh, enforcing the laws. Um, and, you know, that, I don't need to get into it this much. Also, Reed's a lot dating. of those judges date children. That is true. That's true. They're <laughs> banned from malls. <laughs> Someone is banned from an Alabama mall, but not the U.S. Senate. <laughs> all right um anyway read that piece it's on time magazine uh just google stand on gundy and time maybe we'll put it on the twitter so whatever Sean, question for you yeah. is this enough to knock david fisdale off the woke off for at least one week i think so as much as keith is gonna be upset at us but I mean, Keith this is from, Keith from Fast Break Breakfast is going to be mad at us. This is this is the most like he wrote a term paper like this. Yeah, it's a, he put a lot of work into it. Yeah, and again, I'm not super comfortable with uh, a white guy leading the woke off, but uh, I do feel like this might open up the possibility for Hollywood to finally produce our woke off screenplay which has been in turnaround for a while and uh, we can finally get paul giamatti attached to play stan van gundy <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna be incredible <laughs> we just gotta get diet pepsi attached maybe we can get like uncle drew to be in it to make it a crossover like like uncle drew brings like a suit against the NBA and I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. Uh, let's talk about the, we- the woke off loser this week. huh? Yes. Yes. The woke off loser, not big I baller mean, brand. Yeah. They're the losers. <laughs> uh, Leangelo ball had out, to think Trump. Of, he had to think Trump, the UCLA <laughs> basketball team already, the UCLA basketball program already disgraced by having Steve Alford, coaching the team now their players were shoplifting in a foreign country they broke bill walton's heart mm-hmm. john wooden is spinning in his grave accompanied by the referees that he paid and took with him on the road to preserve his unbroken non-spinning in his grave streak that was a that was an awkward reference to john wooden kind of cheating <laughs> kind of being a cheater uh, but yeah, so today <laughs> Trump tweeted that he hoped the UCLA basketball players thank him because they were facing 10 years in jail. And then they did. They did. They did. They just rolled over. I don't know if they really had a choice, but because I got to did get them out of jail. I, yeah, I mean, he did. He talked to them. <laughs> that is something the president could do is getting famous people out of jail 
for minor misdemeanors in a foreign country. <laughs> now, granted, I thought Trump was supposed to be the law and order president. Like He's all about law enforcement and uh, punishing people who commit crimes in countries they're not citizens of. But apparently in this case, he bailed out someone famous. So congratulations, Donald Trump. Question. Donald Trump, when he's impeached or is not the president anymore or whatever, mm-hmm. preferably impeached. Yeah, convicted, um, resigns, whatever. And he goes back to hosting The Apprentice mm-hmm. three years from now. Uh, LeVar Ball's going to win it, right? Oh, yeah, this is this is what they're setting up. I got to say, though, uh, you know, Under Armour took a lot of heat for being involved with Trump. New Balance still reeling from something their CEO said. Isn't Big Baller Brand, the shoe company, most indebted to Donald Trump at this point? Yes. They essentially have, like, a life debt to Donald Trump. So, I mean, he's going to start wearing the shoes, right? (laughs) I I am the ultimate big baller. I'm the biggest baller, the greatest baller. There's never been a bigger baller than me. People are saying that. (laughs) Um, Ah, that sucks, dude. It sucks. (laughs) Um, Also, Lonzo can't shoot, man. That's... (laughs) Like a double blow is that it feels like Lonzo not being able to shoot will be a thing Donald Trump will tweet about. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The very like, di- the very overrated Los Angeles Lakers. Ungrateful Lonzo Ball got his brother out of gulag. Can't and make he an still outside can't shot. Shoot. Sad. <laughs> Sad. Um, all right. Should we go to the news? Let's go to the news. This is Round Ball Rock News. Basketball news. For humans and robots. Trust the process. So LeBron James had a big week in New York, even though he was only there two days or one day, but it seemed like he made... (laughs) It felt like he was there for like two weeks. (laughs) He made so much news in New York. Um, It really proves that markets matter, I guess. Um, so the first thing he did was he trolled Phil Jackson by saying the Knicks should have drafted Dennis Smith. Yes, I think they did. The Cavs played the Mavs and Knicks consecutively, which is also the order, the reverse order in which those point guards were drafted. Um, so yeah, he said, he said Dennis Smith Jr. should be on the Knicks and then admitted he was not taking a shot at Frank. Is he Fra- what's his nickname? Frenchie Frank? French Frank? What do they call Frankie him? Frankie Smokes. Frankie Smokes. That's <laughs> what well, he's Frankie Smokes. Uh and then he said he was just trolling Phil Jackson with that comment. Uh it was not enough for the NBA's most codependent teammate, Ennis Cantor, to rise to the defense of his teammate of five to six weeks. And uh, well, we didn't even get to that. Part, oh, yeah. So he sorry. says that <laughs> he says that. Yeah. And then because Frank is dope, Frank kind of picked a fight with LeBron. <laughs> I thought LeBron. Yeah. I mean, LeBron was basically like getting in his way. But then Frank didn't back down and pushed him like seven times. Yeah. Granted, LeBron is a mount- an unmovable mountain. Yeah. So and it Frank, did not is, affect him. Frank is a French teenager. 
<laughs> so weekend. But it was from... still fucking dope. <laughs> no, it was cool. It was cool. He just had like the the I mean he was pushing him in a way he just didn't have strength because like cheese is not the ideal muscle building stuff and that's all he eats. Uh, I would talk about Frank though. He's good. Yeah, he's good. By the way, the I, Knicks are good. <laughs> I haven't really watched the Knicks except for parts of that game, and that dude plays defense. And yeah. he just he just looks like like at worst that seems like a guy who's going to be in the league for ten to twelve years. But he he's he's fun. He's exciting. I think Ron Baker is in a little bit of trouble. I gotta say he. <laughs> he might have to. He might have to focus on. Maybe he'll publish a short story in the Players Tribune. I don't know. It could. Who knows? Um, yeah. They they scuffled, and then Ennis Cantor stepped in. Uh, he had already stepped in verbally to defend mm-hmm. uh, Frank, and then he physically defended Frank. He and LeBron got double technicals. By the way, how much would Kevin Garnett have loved? what happened right there oh he would have loved lebron it. lebron bullying a euro a, that a was small much European. smaller than him yeah. yeah and then Cantor, while more of a match size wide is still a european so kevin garnett's just like i love this i love this he was like probably like just yelling and clapping all over area 21 mm-hmm. uh and then after the game oh yeah so well, also we, hold on yeah. you also forgot to mention that that uh, scuffle caused Peter Vesey to tweet the N-word. Yes, quoting a Biggie <laughs> lyric. Like a dark, like a deep Biggie cut, though. And there was... Here's the other thing. He he did star out. He... He... He, uh, he, he actually tweeted N followed star, by star, five star. stars. Yeah. Which, as someone pointed out, Means that's not hard an R. A. That's a hard R from Peter Vesey, which is <laughs> not even how it's said in the song. In the song, it's clearly a five-letter N-word. But Peter Vesey's like, no, we got to get that stink on. Like, <laughs> And also, he's talking about a confrontation where only one of the people involved was black. Yeah. So that's... <laughs> what, no, a, Frank, what a Frank's weird black. thing for oh, yeah. Peter I, he was talking about. I, I thought he was talking. He was about talking Cantor about Cantor, though. He was yeah. talking about Cantor. <laughs> yeah. What made um, Peter Vesey that guy? <laughs> I'm not even sure how Peter Vesey knows that song. Anyway, or weird. is like on the internet. Like, uh, <laughs> um, just incredible. Um, maybe Peter Vesey also lost the woke off this week. But I, knowing that Biggie, I don't know. He's out of the woke off. That's right. the thing. Like, yeah, you can't do that. But also, it's just like everyone's like, but he did know the song. Like, it's <laughs> it's like it's wildly inappropriate. He definitely shouldn't have done it. But also in context, like, like you get why he used the reference. You know what I mean? Um, like, like he just should have <laughs> just not. He, what if he just if he just ble- if he just blanked out the whole thing? I think it also would have been fine. Yeah, like like he just starred the N as well, and then people would get him. Or mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Why why the insistence on using the Edward white people? <laughs> All right, so then one thing one say? thing we can't say. <laughs> Leave it. Uh, so what did Cantor say after the game? 
Oh, he said something. He he said that uh, LeBron posted an Instagram where he showed himself on center court and was like something like, "I love the Garden. It's always great to play here." The king, like he said, he was the king of New York. Mm-hmm. And Ennis Cantor was like, "No, we already have a king in New York, and his name is Donald Trump." No, he did not say that. He said <laughs> he said the king of New York was Kristaps Porzingis, which. Uh-huh. But then I think he Aaron... also called LeBron a queen. Oh, he said, oh, yeah, the, the queen. He called himself the king, the queen, princess, whatever he calls himself, which. Which, not come on, woke. man. Like, that's. We're past that. Come on. These gender. Don't misgender LeBron and his canter. Also, gender is, a, is fluid. If yeah. LeBron wants to be a princess, he can be a princess. Yeah, whatever he identifies as, man. Come on. Back off, Ennis Cantor. You'd think he <laughs> knows oppression, and yet. Uh, and then LeBron's response was, I am the king, my wife is the queen, and my daughter's the princess. My question to you is, will this be the worst trash talk exchange of the season? <laughs> no. There will be worse. <laughs> there will be worse, but that's like that's like LeBron well actually him back and is like, No, I'm not a I'm not a woman. I'm married to a woman. That's who a queen <laughs> is. And then I have a daughter and she's a woman. I'm a man and I'm the king of New York. Although we, who do you think the king of the of New York actually is? Jay Z, right? Yeah, well, he doesn't live there anymore, though. It's true. Uh, uh, Aaron Judge is Aaron Judge the king of New York? No, probably not. Maybe if he it might be Indian. Porzingis. <laughs> what if it's? I think it might be the Wiz. Nothing beats the Wiz. Which dude. Wiz? No, the Wiz. You know. As in nothing beats oh, the Wiz. Oh, yeah, yeah. I assume that's a guy, right, who just owns a lot of electronics or conjures up a lot of electronics. Oh, it's Dwayne Reed. Dwayne Reed. Yes, yes, Mr. Reed. You're right. <laughs> the biggest real estate landholder in New York City is Dwayne Reed. Well, um, all hail the king. That would be great if 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 it was a three-way trash talk battle between Ennis Cantor, LeBron James, and drugstore giant. <laughs> Dwayne Reed. <laughs> you're going to need some medicine when you're done with... All right. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, let's talk about the... something I'm very passionate, Wait, can... about, passionate about here. Uh-huh. Uh, this subway ride. Oh, I hated that so much. Um, so, LeBron, before the game, mm-hmm. all the Cavs took the subway to Madison Square Garden. And LeBron filmed it uh-huh. and was... and was filming random people who yes. were not interested in being in LeBron's. Yeah, do you think that was a real guy? I do think that was a real guy. And was this such a weird thing for him to sit next to a random stranger and make everyone else stand? Uh, it felt so improv everywhere to me. Yeah. No pants subway ride. Everyone in the elevator's facing the wrong direction. Improv Everyone on this kid. subway on this subway car is over six foot five. Yeah, and obviously that guy was like everywhere uh in the twenty four hours afterwards and pretended he didn't know who LeBron James yeah. was. <laughs> Football. Who would how would I know who LeBron James is? I live in New York. Uh that guy sitting next to him though. Uh, his reaction, pretty great. The don't pretty, film me Pretty guy? New York, yeah. Oh, I think he's a plant. 
how was he how was he on so much media in the next 12 hours after it happened i hadn't had my coffee yet you don't film me you football player whatever like come on it's like it's like every time there's something that happens in new york and you're like okay oh that happened on the subway i mean there's a great episode of um Reply all. Reply all. A great podcast you should also check out about uh like Pizza, Pizza Rat. Rat and all the other things and like a lot of these viral videos take place suspiciously near uh UCB, UCB which is also not very far from Madison Square Garden if you know New York. So it's like mm, where where could they possibly find such an affable guy who's so thirsty for media attention? So wait, do you think are you saying god this is are you saying that this you think this LeBron James subway video is a Zardulu product? I think it might be a Zardulu product, yes. <laughs> and we're gonna see like a rat crawling across like a sleeping Channing Fry's face. Please lis- listeners. Look. Please listen to the reply all episode called Zardulu and, about Pizza Rat. And, it is Yeah. What it is the greatest non-NBA podcast ever made. It's a fantastic episode. It will change the way you look at the world and the way I look at uh, the Cavs, who are clearly pawns in Zardulu's master plan. <laughs> All right, and then um, finally... Oh, the Cavs uh, won the, the Cavs, game. Too. Yeah, yeah, the Cavs came back down 23 LeBron uh, hit a three right in KP's face. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, that is impressive that he did it right in KP's face. But also at the same time, it's like, well, if KP gets switched onto LeBron, you kind of don't want him up in his grill at the three point line. Yeah. You know what I mean? But uh, <laughs> uh, Ty Lue took out all the starters at once. Kyle Korver was on fire. Um, mm. Yeah. Do you think the Knicks are going to make the playoffs? I do. Kristaps Porzingis is uh, like a – he's like a uh, an MVP candidate. Yeah, right I mean, he's he's like a monster. I feel like they're going to start playing Noah. That's going to be a problem. Because they want to get rid of him and, like, he has three years left on this massive contract and they've just got to be like, what if someone took a flyer on him? But, uh, I mean, they're a shallow team, but, like, Frank can play. And that solves a huge amount of their – like depth issues you know what i mean like they they can i mean they have like four point guards but uh you could just it's just a little more have him being playable makes Mm -hmm. having Jarrett jack on the team like a bonus now instead of a desperate right grasp (laughs) yeah um all right uh should we talk about Miritich and Portis. Yeah, let's talk about let's talk about Miritich and Portis. Uh, so Miritich is back at practice. He is, uh, but he's refusing to talk to Bobby Portis. Yeah, he'll talk to everybody else, but not Bobby Portis. Which you know, fair. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I don't uh, I, like like Bobby Portis has never done anything to me, and I would still be like, I don't really know if I need to talk to this guy. Like he seems. <laughs> I mean, I would personally only talk to him because I'd be afraid. Oh, right, right. Like, like is, it, is everything okay? Can I can, can I, I touch this anything? basketball? Are you <laughs> just flinching every couple seconds? 
so Bobby Portis had his contract picked up for 2018, 2019, yeah. too. Yeah. So yeah, this might go on forever. After, after the punch, this happened. <laughs> Uh, they were like, you know what? Let's double down on this. We can't let this guy slip away. Um, also, he might punch us if we don't pick up his option. And it's also something that is being someone clarified that I feel like we've been a little callous about this as well. Mm-hmm. It is referred to as a practice fight, which is true, but only one person was punching. Like shoving is sure. different than punching. Like like in a in a very dramatic way. Like probably people are getting shoved at NBA practices all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Punching yeah. very rare. <laughs> uh so now Miritich, they're forcing him to he'd been like lifting weights and stuff, and he's mm. still not back on the court, but they're making him go to the practice facility with the rest of the team. Right. Which just has to be insane, because they have basically <laughs> not done anything. They suspended Portis for eight games while Miritich was, like, in the hospital. And now they're both back. And the Bulls are sort of like, well, he's under contract. He should play for the team. Um, first of all, can they trade Miritich? They could probably get Joachim Noah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what they should do. <laughs> Bring him home. <laughs> but yeah, he makes he makes thirteen million dollars. His contract is up at the end of the year. You don't really get any long term security, and it's hard to match the money. Doesn't he also have? Can't he also not be traded until January? Uh oh, maybe recently signed you might be right about that he definitely has a full no trade clause though so right, he can he, he's a qualifying offer <laughs> right uh yeah which was like protecting himself which i think he thought he was protecting himself financially he needed to protect himself uh facially Physically. yeah <laughs> uh so i guess my question joey is what is your life like when you work in the human resources department for the chicago bulls they don't have a human resources department. Are you kidding me? Reinsdorf won't pay for that. Oh, my God. So it's just Gar <laughs> dealing with all these workplace issues. Like, I mean, this is I, I guess that makes sense because they were trying to make Luol Dang play in a playoff game the same day he got like a botched spinal tap. Paxson and Vinny Del Negro got in a physical fight. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Paxson <laughs> is still employed there. Yeah, he's the boss. He's the most powerful guy in the organization. Like, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't want to get into it, but just Derrick Rose, you know, um, the just the toxic team situation last year. Maybe they need Meanwhile, an HR I heard guy. The White Sox have two HR departments. Oh, is like one for adults and one for teenagers. Yeah, one for children. <laughs> one for Drake Larose. <laughs> What if he becomes the new GM? <laughs> like he was just a he was such a positive force for the White Sox. We thought we'd bring him in here. He's gonna room with Miritich. Uh <laughs> This actually feels like one of the times when a player could 
literally just sue the team. Like just just for like a hostile yes. work environment. Um I just I don't understand how their response was just, yeah, this'll work out. Cause it it's not gonna work out. Well, <laughs> I do think <laughs> I know why that was their response. Uh because John Paxson played with Michael Jordan, oh. who would just punch people in practice all the time, and yeah. it always worked out. He's like, look, you see that statue outside? That guy punched people. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, this is how he thinks it's going to end. Bobby Portis getting a statue and Nikola Mirotic <laughs> becoming one of the greatest coaches of all time. <laughs> He's like, you know what? You do want to spend some time away from Meritage. We're going to send you to TNT for a couple weeks to rehab. Work on your color commentary. Go play golf. Yeah, go play <laughs> golf with uh, with a guy we think might buy a team. Reinstorf, <laughs> do you know anyone whose childhood dream was to own a basketball team? Yeah, Drake LaRoche. Drake LaRoche. Running a basketball team and then in the offseason rescuing prostitutes. With his dad. Southeast Asia. With his dad. With his dad. Um, All right. Sean, you wanted to talk about the Sixers beating the Clippers? Yeah, we can be. We can be. It was just a real fun game. Joel Embiid, uh, he just. Okay. If you want to endear yourself to round ball rock and or just me personally making fun of the LA Clippers is a great mm-hmm. way to do that. And Embiid really did that a lot. Uh, <laughs> he kept, he kept saying how Willie Reed and Jandre Jordan couldn't guard him. Just yelling that loudly. Uh, Willie Reed just threw him down on one play and Embiid like got in his face, but was not, it was weird because he got in his face in like to be like, hey, man, that wasn't cool. And then was like almost immediately kind of walking away like, look, I'm not starting a fight. But just so you know, uh, it seemed very savvy. And then after the game, he pretended to forget Willie Reed's name. Uh, there was also a Clipper fan that was heckling him. And after DeAndre Jordan fouled out, um, <laughs> Joel Embiid just kept yelling, he's going home. That's where he's going. He's going home. Uh, so that was just, and he stared down Blake Griffin. So it was just, it was just fantastic. Like he didn't get into it with Doc Rivers. That's the only criticism I have of his effort. But... Joel, <laughs> Joel. <laughs> that's because their voices are both too funny. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It would just be too ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Clippers still keep losing. Still have a lot of injuries. I did want to mention that Danilo Gallinari has a strained glute. Yeah. Which I've never heard of an NBA player missing time. But yeah. apparently it seems like a sex injury. Right. Or Bobby Portis <laughs> slapped his ass too hard as they were like walking no, ass. Could be. Could be. Yeah. But yeah, it is it is like a real sex like it 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 suggests an off the court activity. Yeah, it's like the only other athlete I can imagine getting that injury would be Yaramir Yager <laughs> in, like, 1998. <laughs> yeah, you're like, what happened? I'm like, oh, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I am not allowed to say. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I feel like, I do feel like 
Gallinari might have hurt something else and is like justifying going to a spa extra times. Yeah. Right. Oh. For... <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, all right. Rudy Gobert is out four to six weeks. Yeah. Uh, uh, Derek think... Favors does not exist. He so does not exist. So who's going to play center? <laughs> Ekpe Udo, who definitely exists, as we said. Weird guy. Good at defense. Very, very yeah. bad at offense. Uh, also, uh, remember how everyone was talking about how Ricky Rubio's good again? Yeah. Or good. Uh, he's been bad now. He's been, he's ve- he's been very bad. I think he's shooting yeah. 25% from three. And... Unlike in Minnesota, where it was like, wow, it would really be a bonus if Ricky just took more open shots. On the Jazz, it's like, oh no, Ekpe Udo, a hologram of a power forward, and Rodney Hood are out here. Like, Ricky Rubio is the best (laughs) offensive threat, and it's a bad threat. And, I mean, the Jazz right now are 6-8. and They're going to miss Gobert for six weeks. Um... They've played ten home games. Ooh. They're six and four at home. They're zero and four on the road. Like it could just go south very quickly. And I don't. I mean, I just think they're they're just not gonna score. It's weird that they're going to be missing Rudy Gobert's offense. Yeah. <laughs> like I mean, maybe maybe they'll be better with that ghost mythical player manning the pivot in fairs but like their starting lineups are featuring like Jonas Jerebko at power forward and Thabo Cephalosha like who on the team hey, they've can got create... Joe Ingles oh yeah Joe Ingles is starting to who on that team can create their own shot I think Joe Ingles yeah man Joe I mean... Ingles is good in the pick and roll well, luckily, they've got him for three more seasons after this one. Uh, he's only 34 years old or yeah. whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's And you know how well Australian players tend to age in the National Basketball Association? Pretty well. Pretty well. All right, Sean. So last episode, yeah. we had a very popular segment yes. that people really, really liked. People loved it. Uh, we did not get any tweets about how terrible and gross it was. Uh-huh. Uh, so let's go with our second segment of Stephen A. Smith's life advice. Uh. Take it away, Stephen A. Now, this gentleman, the last time we heard this break right here, the guy was saying you should test drive the car first before you buy it. In the sense that you should shack first, maybe, to get a feel for that woman or that man. What, what do you think about that? I agree with that. I think that, you know, it's modern times. It's 2008, man. This ain't the 1950s. And the fact is, you got a, you got a lot more to lose today than you did in years past. You're making an investment. And people I try to act like it's all about love and all of that stuff. And don't, don't get me wrong. It matters. It's, it's pivotal. But love don't pay the bills. Women understand that. And the fact is, is that when you invest so much, you got a lot to lose. Not just the man, but the woman as well. That's right. And I think in a lot of different situations, if women were breadwinners, they would be appreciative of that shacking issue well, because they would have a lot about to over there. The man is right on point. Well, uh, that's some advice for sure. We're learning a lot, I feel like. <laughs> Things we can never unlearn. All right, Sean, it's time to talk about something sad. Yeah. Dirk Nowitzki. Yeah. Yeah. 
He's got a defensive rating of 117. That's not good. What they're they're giving up 117 points per 100 possessions when he's on the court, which is that's a lot of points. That's like allowing 63 percent shooting. From the so Giannis, that's he creates a Giannis. <laughs> a team of Giannis is, is facing him. <laughs> uh, yeah, he can only play center. He can't really protect the rim. He's just he's forty, man. He's um, he does not look like he can move well. No, and he's kind of only he doesn't really have like his old moves either. Like he can't really post up, so he can still shoot threes, but. Mm-hmm. He's not really making up for what he's giving away on the other end. And um, weirdly, for the Mavs, have you looked at their roster recently? Not recently. How They're, recently? So just just if you – the ESPN depth chart is ridiculous and wildly inaccurate as it has Nerlens Noel as the starting center when he cannot get on the court. Uh, right. The Mavericks currently have five point guards. They've got yeah. They've got Curry, Smith, Barea, Devin Harris, um, Yogi. Oh, and Yogi. Yeah, yeah. So that's five point guards. All of those guys are pretty short. Then they have somewhere between five and seven centers. There are some guys where I can't really tell, but they're like six eleven. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you've got Dwight Powell. You've got Dirk as a center. You've got uh, Mejri. Uh, mm-hmm. And Nerlens Noel is like the fourth center on this team, and there's three or four guys behind him, which means the only guys who are really wings on the entire team are like... Wes Matthews and Harrison Barnes. Yeah, and, and Harrison and, Barnes is a power forward. Right, and Wes Matthews plays better at three. And so you have like Finney Smith or something? It's yeah. just a bizarre team. And at some point, like... I mean, maybe they're tanking but they don't really have a low payroll. They have a bunch of guys. How did the team end up assembled like this? I kind of feel like Mark Cuban has grabbed the reins a little harder in the past five years. Cause these are not like, these are not Don Nelson players. No, well, having five point guards is yeah. 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 yeah, That's all the centers is not really a Donnie Nelson thing. Yeah. I mean, the excess of point guards is something that, like, Rick Carlisle likes playing two point guards. And that's kind of fine, but you need, you need, like, twos and threes. And it is just bizarre that they've got these projects. It's bizarre that Dwight Powell makes so much money. Um, mm-hmm. And some of it is, like, you know, you're playing Dirk. You're terrible anyway. You might as well play Dirk 25 minutes a game. But, uh... I don't know. I, oh, the one thing I wanted to talk about is I, I just, think Dirk should go full Kobe and just here. like like do you shoot mean, every time. Oh, oh, I thought you meant like sit out for months at a time and save all your energy for one final game when <laughs> no, I no one will guard you. You used to thirty think to times shoot all the time. Yeah, I want to see Dirk go full Kobe Bryant. Just pile up the points. thirty times a game. Yeah, see how many points he can get in those 25 minutes a game he's getting. Like, how far could he go up the all-time scoring list? He's like fifth, right? I'm going to look. I think he's sixth right now, but he's coming up on... 
Well, let's see. Top four are, of course, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Carl Malone, Kobe Bryant, and Michael Jordan. He is sixth. He he is going to – he is a 1,000 points behind Wilt Chamberlain. Yeah, he's got to pass Wilt. He's got to pass Wilt, and that's like – he is not quite averaging enough to do that right now, but it's close. He's got to pass Wilt. That should be the goal. Passing Michael Jordan – he is seven. He's 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 just too far behind. I think for that seventeen hundred points, he's not going to average twenty a game for eighty games. Uh, he shoots every time. He might. Yeah, <laughs> that should be the whole goal: is just catch Michael Jordan. People would be so mad if Dirk Nowitzki if Dirk passed, Nowitzki passed Michael, Jordan. Michael Jordan, and they were just like people would be so mad. Can oh you, my god! And can you imagine? Twitter would explode. Especially if the Mavs just start tanking and they just start like, like Dirk's just cherry picking on every play, so just just to get like six garbage points on like oh that would be so like he tight did, he didn't even play defense like like play the Chino Hills offense you know what I mean like just because all he needs is like one or two I mean he he does need to get seventeen hundred points. But <laughs> I mean, that's a lot of points. But but if he's cherry picking every game, and they just throw to him all the time, they feed him like it's Wilt Chamberlain's hundred point game, but for a whole season. Like you suck anyway, right? I mean, he's not. He still is only going to play like you could play your normal offense, and Harrison Barnes can shoot for twenty four minutes in the game. But when Dirk's right. on the court, it's going Dirk to Dirk. Is on the court. <laughs> You're just like the entire offense should just be like walling off Dirk and letting him shoot because he's ah, oh, people would be furious if he passed Michael Jordan. If he passed Michael Jordan. That would be like one of my favorite things that ever happened. <laughs> <laughs> and then Dirk like starts making a lot of videos where he is like. Uh, you know, growing a, a little mustache and, um, well, he can't grow a Hitler mustache. That is, that's actually one thing he cannot catch for Michael Jordan. Uh, he cannot be a German man. Uh, but like wearing enormous Sean, jeans, he might do that. He already does that. Yeah. Uh, Sean, do you want to know Dirk Nowitzki's nicknames according to basketball reference? Yes, please. Uh, he has three. Okay. So is one of them Swish? No. Oh, <laughs> Oh, that's his Twitter handle. His nicknames are apparently Dirty, no one Tall Baller from the G. I believe that might be like a fake nickname he said. Mm. And then German Race Car. What? <laughs> Don't people call him Dirk Diggler a lot? <laughs> No one calls him race car. <laughs> Not just race car, German race car. German race car. What a what a great nickname that just rolls off the tongue. <laughs> Did you know his middle name is Werner? That's weird. No. <laughs> this is uh actually Deadspin had an article about this. I did not know that. Uh about who calls him Tall Baller from the G. 
Oh, Chinese fans. That's who call okay. him that. Right. So Chinese fans definitely call him German race car, which that makes sense that like in sure. another language that's pithy, um, which is so so the other uh, some other Chinese nicknames. Uh, Steve Francis's nickname is Special Rights. Mm-hmm. Robert the Keyman Ori. And then uh, apparently Chinese fans refer to Carmelo Anthony as Sweet Melon. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> Sweet Melon is like what his Globetrotter name would be. That's what we should call him. <laughs> Sweet Melon is tight. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't really like Melon that much, but I understand that it's good, and that's sort of how I feel about Carmelo Anthony. Mm-hmm. Like, shouldn't be the, the main course at a breakfast, but... Okay, Sean. <laughs> it's good. Yes. Uh, I'm going to read you some basketball reference nicknames. Okay. And you're going to have to guess the player. Guess what player it is. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, Superman. Superman. I'll tell you right now. This guy is – we were just talking about this guy. He's not in the league anymore, but we were just talking about him. Okay. Okay. So according to Basketball Reference, this guy has the nicknames Superman, Black Cat, Money, Superman, Black Cat, Goat, Money, <laughs> Michael Jordan? Yeah. <laughs> Who calls Michael Jordan Black Cat? <laughs> That's like what like a racist NBA owner called him before the draft like yeah that black cat's killing us again all right this is a new game we're gonna play every week this is really where i'm gonna read you basketball reference nicknames and you have to guess who it is oh man someone should tell Shaq that michael jordan's nickname is super (laughs) it'll break him like he's he's so happy that dwight howard got hurt and kind of screwed around and but knowing that Michael Jordan's nickname was Superman before him, it's going to destroy him. Oh, man. Maybe Shaq would have fun with it. I don't know. Shaq seems, <laughs> Shaq seems a lot happier than Michael Jordan. Shaq I would say does, that. I would say Shaq seems happy this year specifically. For yeah. He's like, um, it seems like there was a lot of maybe real feuding between him and Charles Barkley, at least mm-hmm. last season. And this year, I don't know if they've got, like, a detente. Uh, it just seems like they're more of a team on Inside the NBA. Yeah. And I am i don't really care for Shaq and Charles, like, going at each other because it's usually – it just feels like it gets mean-spirited too quickly. Yeah. Well, and also Shaq is weirdly not good at the shit-talking well, because he'll, he'll say one thing and repeat it, which Barkley yeah. will also do, but Barkley will generally just repeat a joke he said that he really enjoyed, but it won't be like an insult that he's repeating. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, <laughs> All right, let's do yeah, anyway, anyway. our final thing. Shouts to the uh, family. Okay, yeah. Let's so do our final thing. The Celtics are playing the Warriors yes. uh, tomorrow. Mm-hmm. This is the game of the year, right? It's a yeah, 13 so far. game win streak versus a seven game win streak. Two first place teams. <laughs> and according to Sean, 
two handsomest coaches. Am I wrong about that? Who's more handsome than Brad Stevens and Steve Kerr? If they had a baby, it would look like Chandler Parsons. It that's how hot that baby would be. On the product of two NBA coaches fucking each other. Um I think they're I think they're the best. There might be I don't know. I feel like now I'm like, was that racist to pick two white coaches as the most <laughs> good looking coaches in the league? But I think that's probably right. I don't know. Who's, who's, who's hotter? I don't really know what Jay Triano looks like. He might he might have a Jay Triano when uh, I hear Jay Triano, I just think of Jay Thomas. Uh you know, Eddie LeBeck from Cheers. Mm-hmm. Jay Triano is not he does not look like I thought. He looks like he could be like Roger Sterling's cousin. He is very <laughs> bald. He's All handsome, right. dresses well. Let's but... talk about okay, this sorry. matchup here. Yeah. <laughs> let's not get let's not get uh, locked on to finding Onto the head the coach most fuckability. Coach. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um. Do the Warriors have a rivalry with Kyrie Irving? I am going to say they sort of don't. It seems like their relationship with Kyrie is so friendly. And positive and like all the trolling and back and forth seems to be like LeBron related. Yeah. Like they definitely blame LeBron for Draymond getting suspended. LeBron had the Halloween party. And I mean, it's not like they don't have a lot of respect for LeBron as well, but it almost feels like like Kyrie was on that 2016 Olympic team. Mm-hmm. And it seems like he and he and Clay and Draymond and Durant are like buddies. I might be misreading that, but I that is the impression that I got. Um, and there's like a Cavs conspiracy that, uh, like his his friends on the Warriors helped to um, kind of push Kyrie into wanting a trade. Wait, what? Haven't you heard that before? I have not heard that. Before. I have. I have. I have heard. I mean, it's like. Not a serious conspiracy theory, but something that people will say is that, uh, yeah, that like uh, that they were they were some of the people they were some of the friends of Kyrie who were like, you should have your own team. LeBron's holding that's you back. hilarious. You know, I'm talking to you like that. Um, um, I will say on the other side of it, I yeah. do think Kyrie has a uh, rivalry with Steph in his own mind. I think oh, a lot of point guards do. Yeah, I think that's I think that's true because especially just because it's still like a visual thing. It still is like people do not believe that Steph Curry will be as like dominant and transcendent as he is because he is a small player. I think I think right. that's like a big part of. Um, and you know, it's it's like a thing that it, people bring up that people on the Cavs are always like he's just as good as Steph and well the Celtics fans including the most famous Celtics fan who owns a website and the pod and a podcast are already kind of hinting at that yeah they're not full-on saying it but they are incorrect <laughs> I just have to say like all you have to do is watch I'm, I mean I understand that we are Warriors homers but all you have to do is watch when two defenders 
run at Steph Curry when he's 30 feet from the basket and just see what the offense is like when that happens. And it's right. just like, okay, maybe maybe fans think that and maybe some players think that, but definitely NBA coaches do not believe that Kyrie Irving is the same kind of threat as Steph Curry. Exactly. And he's – and look, Kyrie's playing great. He – is having He's some trouble with probably his mask. leading the MVP race right now. I think Harden is. Harden yeah, I but, just but mean no, like, yeah. Well, especially especially given that Hayward's hurt and they've won 13 games. I mean, the, the Celtics are playing very, very well. And um, one thing that I did not notice until I'd been kind of watching them this week is they they seem like they're really big. You know what yeah. I mean? Like Jalen Brown's really big, Jason Tatum's really big, and Marcus Smart is really fat. Yeah, he's, he's real <laughs> wide. Um, and even w- even with Terry Rozier not playing as transcendently as we have all expected him to, um, they're just getting lots of rebounds. They're playing really good defense, and they're good. But Kyrie Irving's not. He's just this Steph Curry's just on a different level. He's yeah. playing a weird kind of basketball that has not been played before. It does not it's a basketball that does not exist. Right. Until he showed up. But I um, I do expect this to be a very competitive game. Um both teams are just a little bit banged up. I mean, I guess Gordon Hayward is as banged up as it gets, but um Yeah, it should be But good. Kyrie has a face face problem. Uh, Steph has he a fibrous. Oh, it's great. It's like, of course he hates the mask. It's going to be terrible to play in those masks, but it's hilarious that hey, he... Hey, Rip Hamilton disagrees, my man. That's the weirdest, like, <laughs> that it's, it's like, more normal to see him in a plastic mask all the time. But Kyrie literally <laughs> takes it off every chance he gets. Like, if there's yeah. a brief stoppage in play, he's taking it off for five seconds. And, uh... He was hilarious talking about his black mask. I'm getting look, I'm embracing Kyrie Irving a little bit. <laughs> like these his like just he's so unchecked. You're very much Kyrie. He's just yeah, I'm, I'm very much Kyrie right now. Uh he talked about how when he had that black mask, it limited his peripheral vision so he couldn't pass to anybody. <laughs> so, okay. So the clear <laughs> mask is better because he's willing to point for his teammates, but he can still see the basket better than anything else, so that's going to be his focus. I Jesus love that. Christ. I love it. <laughs> so he thinks he sees, like, from his cheekbones? And maybe he does. Who knows? <laughs> what? What You're going to trust what science like tells you about how the human eye works? <laughs> There's some YouTube videos that'll say something pretty different. It'll open uh, your eyes to how your eyes don't have to be open. All right. Anything else you want to say about this game? Uh, it's going to be awesome. We're going to record a podcast right after the game Yep. with our friend Jamel Johnson. Uh, and he'll be, it'll be great. Oh, oh, and I'm going to make you guys taste test some NBA candy I got, which is uh, James Harden's weird beard candy it's a gummy i've seen them i've seen them at gummy the gas hardens. station yeah they they were from the dollar store someone asked us uh if if they were still available and that they had seen them during the 2016 playoffs these these this candy might be pretty old is all i'm saying 
Great. Sounds good. <laughs> uh, Sean, anything you want to plug? Uh, Punchline Show, December 20th. Check out Yard Barker columns every Tuesday or Wednesday. Either NFL referee stuff this week. I think there's a pretty good one you'll enjoy. Uh, NBA referee hotline. Talking about LeBron, LiAngelo Ball, Carmelo Anthony, and uh, Chris Paul. Uh, what do you say about Chris Paul? Oh, that he's... Uh, so the premise is that it's people complaining to the NBA's uh, hotline. We can complain about the referees. And Chris Paul, in this fictional scenario, uh, believes that the team doctors are referees. And he's upset that they are not letting him travel with his knee injury and that they are uh, charging. They're, he's getting a lot of charges, which are actually just copays for his medical plan because he has to do office visits. Anyway, it's great. And they found a really great picture of Chris Paul yelling at a ref from like two days ago in a suit <laughs> where it's like, what is he even doing? Why is he yelling at a ref? He's not even an active player. He's wearing a suit. So good job. Yard Barker editorial uh, picture finding team. Uh, it's pretty good. Um, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Frankie Muniz, where on 10-1-2014, I tweeted, hands down, worst week of my life. <laughs> uh, trust the process. Trust the process. Shut it down. Dirk, shoot every time. <laughs> you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.